Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. So you go out and you serve. You seek out opportunities to minister to other people. You seek out opportunities to put others' needs before your own. You serve. Will you get exhausted? You absolutely will get exhausted. Will you be stepped on? You absolutely will be stepped on. You will. But my last little verse from Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Keep persevering in your faith journey with God. In today's message from Pastor James, he gives you examples of all sorts of people in the Bible that endured various hardships, but they still continue to persevere and be huge models of the faith for us today. Pastor James assures you that God promises to always be with you and that these temporary trials of life can't be compared to the joy that's found in the life with Him. Know that by not giving up, you'll one day reap a harvest with God. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Being the best is like, that's what you have to do. You got to excel in the business world. And, and that's like, you have to be the best. I mean, that's, that's the aim. And so I'm watching him. I'm like, dude, you're in charge of all this. You shouldn't be picking up trash in a parking lot. Don't you have people to do that? He's like, I am that person. And I watched him. And I just watched him. And that resonated within my heart more than any message he ever taught from the pulpit. And that made such an impression on my heart. I was like, if that's what being a pastor is, then I want to be that guy. Because that seems like something Jesus would do. You want to be great? Fantastic. Fantastic. Then let nothing be below you. You step up. Something needs to be done? Well, you step up and you, you be there. Somebody needs to be helped. You step up and you help out. No one is beneath you. And no job is beneath you. That's what being great in the kingdom of God is. And it is totally opposite of the world we live in. Because to be great within this world means that you develop, you achieve so much that you are able to hire people who handle that stuff for you. Within the kingdom of God, the greatest ones are the ones who just show up and they just serve. That's how to be great. So in the midst of this little living room where they're at in Capernaum, He drops this bombshell on them, humbling them. And then even more so, verse 36, he says he took a child and put him in the midst of them. See, that's that practical, real, you know, literal thing of like, I want you to see this. He puts this little kid in the midst of them. And, And taking him into his arms, Jesus physically embraces this child. Okay? Remember, you want to hear the heartbeat of the Gospels. Then lean into the story, put yourself there. Imagine you're that little kid, and Jesus is embracing you. Jesus calls you. He's like, hey, come over here. Puts him right there in the midst of him, and the disciples are watching. They're like, why is he letting this little kid in here, right? This is grown-up talk, right? Like, you can't, there's a kid's table. You sit at the kid's table. This is a this is grown man's business right now, right? Jesus, like, brings him, and he embraces this kid. 
the, the creator of the universe embraces his little child. And he says to them, whoever receives one such, such child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives not me, but him, the father who sent me. So he, he's, he's using this little kid as just this tremendous little illustration. And in the Aramaic, uh, the term for child and servant are the exact same. Are the exact same. That might be some good ammunition for some of you parents. Um, you got teenagers. They're like, let me give you a Bible lesson. Uh, let's go back into the original Aramaic and uh, your servant. Um, that's what the Bible says. Okay, well, you know, remember, you got to be a servant of all, okay? Remember that, all right? But he brings this kid in, in their midst, and he's like, you want to be great? Then be like this kid. Be like this kid. The beautiful thing about kid is, kids is, like, they know their kids, and they act like kids. They, they act like kids. I, it, it's interesting. And this is getting harder and harder for us to realize within our nation. And here's why. The growing anxiety levels within our country are seeping down into our children's hearts and minds at a rate we have never seen before, ever. Our kids, elementary kids, are dealing with the same stress that people, grown-ups, not even 100 years ago, that grown-ups put in very stressful situations are enduring. Our children should not be facing anxiety and stress like they are today. So this is hard because when Jesus puts this kid in the midst of him, this kid is as carefree as can be. You're Jesus? Sweet. I love you. Are you going to die on the cross and raise from the grave? Excellent. Sweet. I love you. Thank you for doing that for me. And the kids just receive that. They believe it. And they're like, there's no issues. And, and then they're, they're singing, they're dancing, they're, they're free. They're free. And Jesus is like, you want to be great within the kingdom of God. You need to be like this little guy right here. Be like this little kid. I think the church should be a little bit more carefree in one sense. When's the last time you were singing and dancing in the presence of Jesus? We're like, well, we just did that. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that's a corporate thing for sure. But I'm talking about like just you and him and you're just singing and dancing because of who he is. But it's hard, right? Let's be real. Let's be honest. Heavy things are weighing on all of our hearts and our minds. Our world is upside down right now because there is a war right across the pond, and we're all worried that that's going to turn into World War III, which it very well could. We, we are seeing inflation like we haven't seen in a while. Everything's going up. And when everything else is going up, guess what else is going up? Stressors, anxiety, cortisol levels, all that stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, the best thing that the church could be is to be just like a kid. And I'm not saying you just like shirk responsibility or you ignore that or you like pretend it's not there. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying I want to put my faith, my hope, and my trust into the ruler of the world. I mean, is, is he not the best thing ever? Will he provide for us? Is he the good shepherd? As John chapter 10 tells us. Can we trust him to provide for us daily bread? We can. Can we trust him that he will come back and he is going to rescue his church? Yes, he is. Has he rescued us from the penalty of sin? 
he has. And I know it's hard because, man, just I, the, the pressures of life, the external pressures, and, and that I remember Paul talking to the church of Corinth about we're, we're vessels of clay. And man, we're feeling that pressure from, from without and from within, you know, and it's just like, I don't know how much more I can take it, Lord. I don't know if, you know, it's that thing of like, I'm either on the verge of a breakdown or a breakthrough, and I don't know which is going to happen. But it's like, but man, I, what I don't want to miss in the midst of all that, because there is a refining process that happens. There's a purification process that we all go through. What I don't want to miss is when Jesus sits his disciples down and, and teaches them a very practical, very real lesson about, you should just be like a kid. But Lord, you don't understand. Well, I think I do. I think I do. Even the book of Hebrews tells us we have a high priest who is Jesus who can relate with us. He can sympathize with us. So we're not alone. The pressure you're feeling, the anxiety levels you feel that you carry with you, just like I carry with me at times, get, learn how to deal with those and manage those a little bit better and all that good stuff. And all that stuff, the Lord knows. He knows. He knows what you're going through. And when I see this little story of like Jesus just like, you got all the leaders, the 12, they're there. And he's got to call in a little kid to put him right in the midst of these leaders and say, this is, this is the point. This is where you need to be. Be that little kid who I don't know what happened within this little kid, but when, when Jesus embraces this kid, I can only imagine a huge smile on his face. Kids love Jesus. Kids from the Bible. And Jesus loved kids. Disciples, they didn't love kids. They didn't like kids. <laughs> they didn't. They were going to be the last ones to sign up for children's ministry. They're like, oh, no, I think, uh, what, what else do you need done? I can do anything else other than that, right? Like they, and not even too far from this story, they're going to get on to Jesus for letting the little kids come to him. You're like, what? I, these guys are relatable because, I mean, it's, it, it only take you and I a day to forget everything that we've learned about Jesus in one sense, right? You're like, oh, what? I made that mistake. Yeah, yeah, you did. Hey, guess what? So did the disciples. They, but eventually they, they got it, though. But there's a little kid. He's in their midst, and Jesus is like, you want to be great? Fantastic. Be like this kid. If you look Calvary Galveston, you want to be great within the kingdom of God? Excellent. Be a servant of all. Just show up to serve. Show up to serve. Well, what about my rewards? Not my business. It's not my business. That's between you and him. Whatever reward I can offer to you is going to pale in comparison to what he has waiting for you. So don't do it for man. Don't do it for man. What about the pats on the back? I listen. Um, yeah, we need to do better at that for sure. But you serve the God who sees. You serve the God who sees. And I know that's frustrating. Look, I get it. I've been in ministry for, I mean, my wife and I have been in ministry for almost like 20 years now. And there were seasons of just no gratitude, no thankfulness. And in youth ministry, that's hard. That's hard. And when it's just like, parents come to you and are like, my kid's broke, fix them. And you're like, I, I, well, I can't fix your kid. Um, I thank you that you brought him to me, but I'm not, I don't know. It might make him worse. I have no idea. But it's sometimes ministry is just thankless. It is. But 
He sees and he knows. He sees you, he knows. Man, just how sweet, how sweet is it at the end of the day to, when you're closing everything out, just to go before the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, um, to may not, today may not have been the best day, but I gave you all I had. But I gave you all I had. And he says, yeah, well done. Good job. Get some rest. Let's do it again tomorrow. Let's do it again tomorrow. You're going to go through seasons. If you're trying to be great within the kingdom of God and, and you want to serve all, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to go through seasons of frustration. You're going to go through seasons of disappointment. People will walk all over you. That's going to happen. People will take advantage of you. That will happen. All that's going to happen, okay? It will happen. I'm promising you that right now because I'm not going to lie to you and think like, oh, if you're serving all, it's bad. And people will, no, you're serving all. People will treat you like a servant. That's the reality. But you and I have to be okay with that because guess what? You're a servant. You're a servant. You're not a king. You're not a queen. You're a servant within the kingdom of God. And what better place to serve than within his kingdom? It's amazing. And, and I love how Jesus is like, this is an issue for these guys. And he's like, now let's address this real quick. Let me, let me talk to you about what it looks like to serve. And he, he has a little kid there. But what I want you to see is, what Jesus himself personifies. Because it's one thing to have like a practical illustration of like, yeah, see this kid, be like this kid. But Jesus, he's going to take it a whole nother step further. And in John chapter 13, you know the story. You can turn there if you want, or you can just camp out where you're at. John chapter 13, the night before he's betrayed, the night he is betrayed, he and his boys, these same 12 who are arguing about, hey, which, one's us, which one of us is the best? He's like, well, right now, none of you. Um, honestly, like, you're all kind of, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't say getting on my nerves, but he's like, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in all of you, actually, right now. But uh, no, you want to be great, be like this kid. And then Jesus displays to them what a servant is. Because on that night, when they had, they broke bread, they did all this good stuff, Jesus gets up from the table. They're reclining at the table. He gets up and he he puts on the attire of a servant, a household servant. He gets a, a, you know, a basin of water, and he gets the towel. And I don't know who, whose house this was, but they, they failed to wash feet when the guys first showed up. That was a mistake on their part. Because if you, if you have a house and you invite guests over, especially within this culture, it is your responsibility to wash their feet. That, that always happens. But that didn't happen at this night. And so as the disciples are reclining at the table, Jesus takes this bowl full of water and this towel, and he kneels down in front of these guys and begins washing their feet. And he is living out what he told them. And Jesus will never ask you to do something that he himself has not already done. You want to be great, be a servant of all. Or are you willing to sit down and wash dirty feet of guys who won't stop arguing about who the best one is? Are you and I willing to wash the feet of the one who's going to sell us out, stab us in the back moments after this happens? Because his feet got washed too. Jesus washed Judas's feet as well, knowing fully well, this guy, he's leaving. And he's going to get paid 30 pieces of silver to identify me in the garden a little bit later. He washes their feet, he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, oh, what are you doing? You can't wash my feet. Jesus is like, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. 
He's like, okay, don't wash my feet. Wash all of me. And Peter, again, just going a little over the top. You're like, okay, calm down, Peter, right? Like, dude, he's like, no, you, Peter, you're missing it. I have to do this. And in one sense, Jesus is showing him, he's like, no, this is what, this is what you need to see. I told you, you want to be great? Be a servant of all. And Jesus lived that out. He demonstrated that to these guys. And he demonstrated it to you and to I as well. And, and that's, I, that has to be our mindset because I get it. Within the church world, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get people to volunteer. It just is, right? There's that rule. And I don't know why. I don't even know why this is a thing. But the 80-20, 80, you know, 80%, don't 20% volunteer. I don't know. I don't even know if that's accurate. I mean, I just... I don't know. I don't really care about those statistics. Because here's the deal. You're part of the body of Christ. Well, then you serve. That's how it is. Do you serve here? I don't care if you serve here or not. Because we're only a small part of the body of Christ. Your service may be outside these walls. And I would applaud you on that. Say, yeah, well, then keep serving the Lord wherever he's called you to serve. That's the point. If it's in these walls, sweet. We have lots of needs. You want to help out? Excellent. Talk to me afterwards. The main thing is that as believers, we have to be servants of all. In this building, outside this building, we are servants. We are servants. That's who we are. And the last little thing, Philippians chapter 2. I will ask you to turn over to Philippians chapter 2 because I want you to see this. Philippians, go eat popcorn, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. That's how you remember that, okay? There you go. I don't even know if I learned that in Bible college, honestly. I probably did. Um, it's like one of the only things I remember from Bible college. Uh, actually, that's, probably, that's not like a youth group thing, right? That's probably a youth group thing. Um, just in case you didn't know where it was. There you go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, um, and that's a rhetorical question, because uh, all encouragement is found in Christ, okay? So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. This is Paul to the church of Philippi. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, But in humility, count others more significant than yourself, servant of all. Remember the the acronym for joy, Jesus, others, you. Okay? You want to be happy? And you do. Blessed equals happiness in the same word. You want to be happy? You want to be blessed? You want that? Then put Jesus first in your life. Then put other people. And then then you, you still can take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't mess up that alignment. It's Jesus, it's others, and it's you. Verse four, it says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Okay, so while he's here on this planet, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. He could have demanded everybody serve him. He could have. But what do you say? Even in the gospel, he says, I came to serve and not to be served. Okay? Setting the standard for for us to follow by. Verse 7, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Being in the form, uh, being born in the likely, like, uh, likeness, sorry, uh, of men 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the standard. Jesus is the standard. He's the standard. You want to be great within the kingdom of God? Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. He's your model. He's the standard. Be like him. Well, what was he like? Well, he came and he was willing to die for other people. He came and he was willing to meet the needs of others. He was willing to go and have conversations with Samaritan women at a well when no rabbi in his right mind would ever even talk to a woman back then, especially that lady with her history and her past. Jesus went out of his way to talk to people like that. Jesus went out of his way to select 12 knuckleheads who were going to make his mission harder, right? He could have done it a lot easier with anybody else, but he chose those guys to demonstrate how amazing he is and that he can use us. You want to be great, be like Jesus. You cannot go wrong with that. And something just popped in my head. You can go wrong with that when you start to think you are Jesus because you're not, all right? So don't let it, don't go on that trip, right? You are not him, but you reflect him. You reflect him. So you go out and you serve. You seek out opportunities to minister to other people. You seek out opportunities to put others' needs before your own. You serve. Will you get exhausted? You absolutely will get exhausted. Will you be stepped on? You absolutely will be stepped on. You will. But my last little verse from Galatians chapter 6 says this, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then we are, we, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith. Serve everybody. Serve people. Just serve people. The beauty of that, if you think about it just for a second, if you have a church that is servant-minded, your needs are being met as well. Am I right? You just do the math. If everybody is being a servant of all, and you're like, but what about my needs? Your needs will be taken care of. They'll be met. Because if we're all serving, then whatever you come into this room with, and you have needs and that need to be addressed or prayed for and all that good stuff, maybe it's financial needs and all that stuff, well, guess what? The body can take care of you. But don't, don't become like dependent upon the body and just to always let them take care of you. Seek to serve as well. That's what a church should be doing, right? Like that's, that sounds like a good, healthy church to me is when everybody shows up and is like, what can I do? How can I serve? Who can I pray for? Who needs to be talked to today? Who can I encourage today? Oh, you got little kids that need more teachers? Sign me up. Unless you don't like kids, then we're not putting you there, right? Well, maybe you need that lesson in humility. I don't know, but uh, you'll get it real quick with those kids. Um, but it's just that, that mentality of like, We're here for each other. We're here for each other because he died for us.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the Gospel of Mark. This book is fast-paced. You'll notice as you keep studying with us that Jesus was on the move quite a lot. He did what needed to be done, and then he moved on to the next thing. Jesus packed a lot of service into his time here on earth, culminating in the greatest act of sacrifice ever, dying on the cross for everybody. If Jesus was consistently moving and serving, shouldn't we also be doing the same? Our faith doesn't say that we should just sit back and let others do the work. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus right here, right now. So go and do whatever it is that the Lord has gifted you with. Go share the good news of the gospel and then demonstrate it by how you love and serve people. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston and we would love to meet you. Visit breadforthebroken.com for more information. Would you like to do something for us? Would you pray for your fellow listeners? Pray that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Please pray for us too, that we would continue to follow Jesus' leading no matter where it takes us. If you feel like God is leading you to partner with us financially, all donations are greatly appreciated, no matter what the size is. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for coming alongside us in sharing the gospel message. That's all that we have for today. Join Pastor James next time for more here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.